Welcome to Still Growing in Grace, a program dedicated to inspiring joy, giving hope, and delighting in grace. I'm Mike Zenker, and I'll be sharing with you a message of hope that will expand your understanding of God's love and amazing grace. God already deeply loves you, totally accepts you, and really, really likes you. Growing in Grace Ministries Canada and Hope Fellowship, your community church, invite you to enjoy today's program as we dig deeper into what it means to be still growing in grace. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Still Growing in Grace. I'm glad you're taking time to join me today. If you're watching with me live, yay! Uh, Make sure you comment and say hello if you're watching later. Make sure you comment and say hello. I'd love to see that you're connecting and watching. I'll respond as comments come along as best I can. I'm watching with you today, and you are going to have a treat today. You get part two of a two-part conversation that Richard Murray had on the topic of forgiveness. Um, That it may not be what you think. Um, And I'm going to confess, when the beginning of this conference kind of came together... Um, I didn't really know where it was going to go. I knew there were going to be other perspectives for sure. Um, But I didn't realize, number one, how deep it was going to go. And number two, how many of our guest contributors uh, resounded the same essence of it. And then some of the other contributors talked about some of the more personal, detailed ways of how to process and what happens to you. And um, I tell you, it, it, it is so amazing and how it came together. So today you're getting uh, uh, an amazing one. Um, Richard Murray, if you didn't see part, excuse me, if you didn't see part one, uh, the link is listed below in the description. You'll see it there. Um, and then today, once once this finishes airing, I'll, I'll post the link um, to YouTube uh, in the description below because some of you watch from Facebook and not everybody watches from YouTube. So we'll have that all there. That's it for now. Let's dive right in. Um, yeah, expect to have your understanding expanded. I hope you enjoy this. I'll be back. I'm watching with you, um, but I'll be back when the uh, interview is over, and I think you're going to love it. Here we go. All right, let's keep going on this awesome journey of what forgiveness is and isn't and how it sits in the mind of God. Let's roll on to your next point, Richard. Well, we, I've been talking just about through Jesus's life about how from his birth to his mission, to his ministry statement, to his death on the cross, he continually unqualified forgiveness. He poured out to everyone. And we were talking about the question in the Lord's prayer about what it says next. If, if, what does it mean when he says, if you don't forgive, you know, God won't forgive you. Um, it, it, I think if we're, if we really look at what's being said there, what Jesus is saying is that if you don't operate in forgiveness towards others, you won't be able to perceive, receive, and actualize my forgiveness for you. I've given my forgiveness freely for you. Even like the parable where the guy forgives a little, you know, the the king forgives a servant, but then the servant doesn't forgive someone that owes him money. So he goes back into bondage. Now, we know Jesus doesn't put people into bondage, but there's a concept there. And I think we talked about it at the end about how how there's a difference. That's a warning from Jesus that uh, if you don't if if you don't forgive, uh, if you don't forgive others, then you are not perceiving my forgiveness, and you're not operating in a way that you're interacting organically with my forgiveness. You don't really get me. If you don't forgive others, you don't really know me. You don't really know my nature. And uh, I think that that's what it is. Just like the law was, you know, he wasn't gonna. All he said is, "I'm warning you that if you stay." If you if you let me guide you, I will protect you. You know, uh, 
But the but translation, you know. the translations have really screwed up in English. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, every, almost every translation, even some of the good ones. What? Yeah. And, you know, part of that is because of the bias. We have to make it conditionality. We're taught to think in conditional terms. We have to do something. So any, when we're reading through this, we can't, we, we can't, we can't possibly understand that, well, this, uh, this says we're forgiven. We don't have to do anything. That, that's offensive to the carnal mind. So I, I, that's why certain words are added in that, that make it seem harsher than it is. But, you know, it, it's like uh, if, I tell my, if I tell my child, you know, like I told you, I lost the weight and I, I've gotten a lot healthier. But, I mean, if I tell my, my children, I command them, you know, in a, in a loving way, don't eat unhealthy foods, don't eat things that harm you, you know, if, if, because if you eat them, then this will happen. This kind of thing can happen. So I'm not, not commanding, so, I, wait, I'm so not commanding not, that bad thing to happen. Right. So it's like the law in the Old Testament, the system of law is, is about punitive. So break this law and you'll be punished where the commands is, tell me if I'm, this is my lens. I'm, I, would, I wouldn't mind a correction, but I see the New Testament commands as a, not like a law where these are commands that are for your benefit. Do these things for your health, your future. I, uh, God already knows the, uh, the fruit of what will come if you continue in those patterns. Is that exactly. That's perfect, Mike. I mean, okay. it's like sowing and reaping. There's a, if you sow evil, you reap evil. God doesn't command that. That's the way it goes, man. I mean, that's the way it operates. He's warning us. If you stay in my path, if, if you read the first verses in Deuteronomy 28, you hear wonderful blessings. He blesses you in the field, coming in, going out, waking up, laying down, yep. uh, you know, all sorts of wonderful blessings. But if you don't, then he'll command all these things to happen to you. So, but, but that's, you know, that was a, a change that took a whole lot of time to change that, you know, thought into saying God is not dualistic. God is not both, you know, smiter and healer. He's not both those things. He's only a healer. He only operates in life. So all he's doing there is warning them saying, look, if you don't forgive, it's so important. Uh, you know, let you know that I didn't even think about that, but you know that that verse was added onto the end of the Lord's prayer. It's the next verse as a, um, uh, as sort of a, um, uh, um, um, here, a proviso. And one more thing, you know, one more proviso here. Uh, none of this works if you don't forgive others. You know, it doesn't work in you because you're blocking it. So you block forgiveness, you block me. All right. So, I mean, I think that that's really what he's saying. So let me throw this up on the screen because I, I'm, I'm addicted to this and sorry, just the way it is, but the air make Lord's prayer. And I'm, I'm investigating this even more and I'm finding that this, this has greater truth than I thought. Um, let me just put it on screen. You'll, you'll see. It says the Lord's prayer, a better meaning in English. It says, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. I can't understand Aramaic. Whatever. Detach the fetters of faults that bind us. Like we let go the guilt of others. Okay. That's what's supposed to say from an, an Aramaic lens. Okay. Which sounds better than, you know, father, forgive, forgive us as we've forgiven our, those who's trespassed against us. But the end, when it says, if you don't forgive others, your heavenly father will not forgive you can be better understood like this. If you don't unfetter the chains on others, I won't do it for you. That's the difference. Very yes. different than holding back conditional forgiveness, which in my, from everything I'm seeing, that seems to lend itself to a much better understanding that we've not been exposed to. And yet the Jewish community understands that already. The, the Hebrew community understands it. The English one does not. The West doesn't get it. But there's something to this. And I don't know what it is. It's not the original Aramaic. It's a 
an expression of Aramaic translation that may mm. be connected to the original, but we don't know what that is for sure. None of it's for sure. But yeah, you know, there's, there's a, a story about raccoons. I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but that a raccoon uh, will, uh, if, if he has a biscuit or a cookie inside a cage, he'll reach in the cage and uh, he won't let go of the cookie, even when people come to get him. And, you know, they'll come and they can snare him because he won't let go of the cookie. And so he can't get it. He can't really ultimately get away from the cage, even though he's not in it. Wow. So what, what a perfect example that is for us with that, forgiveness. That's good. Yeah. We're not in it. We're, we've been forgiven and we've been told we've been forgiven and we've even accepted it on some level, but we're holding on to unforgiveness. We can't free ourselves. We're, we're still attached to the cage. We're just on the outside of it, but we're still caught in. It. It's all in our mind. Not in the yes. mind of God. God sees every, all of us as forgiven. We're not seeing it. And he's trying to spread more and more light into us so we can see our true original identity. Yes. And, and see, this, this is, um, you know, the, the word for forgiveness in the New Testament. We, we, you and I have talked about this before is uh, aphemai. And it actually means deliverance. Hmm. It's a word that means deliverance. Right? And actually, it was used in divorces to send away, to send away the spouse. You delivered you know, you're delivered from something and that, you know, but uh, so if, if we substitute that and so many times it's talking about remission of sins and all this, it's talking about deliverance of sins. Mm -hmm. So if forgiveness really, and, and, I, and I'm, we can talk about the cathartic thing about forgiving and experiencing love and renewed love for somebody, but at the bottom line, you just said it, what you described about God wanting us to be who we really are and helping us to be fully actualized. All that is being delivered. That's forgiveness. That word is not even that word is not even heavy with the idea that we've attached to it. That forgiveness is, uh, you know, making the cross. I hereby officially forgive you. You've repented seven times. You've done twenty hail marys. Therefore, I I pronounce you forgiven. It has nothing to do with that kind of begrudging, judgmental. I I hereby forgive thee officially. You know, that's that. It has to do with being delivered from the things that impoverish us spiritually. It's deliverance from sin. And just, I, no, go I'm, ahead. I'm hearing a major hindrance to understanding all this. And I think it's the Western church's obsession with sin. It's all connected to that. Now I'm hearing, and now I'm realizing, oh, wow. If we weren't so obsessed with that, if we were obsessed with the love of God, then the sin stuff, this unforgiveness would not even be a discussion, but it is. And so- I, I still think there's room for teaching um, on this to help people unravel those tightly wound elastic balls they have in their heads and they can't get relief because that cancer of the elastic balls is growing more and more is being wrapped around it. Well, as we peel them back, suddenly they're going to realize, wait a minute, that was never supposed to be in me anyway. Yes. Well, and I, and I think, and, and what I'm proposing makes it more along those lines that you're only hurting yourself. Unforgiveness is impoverishing you. Yeah. That's why you shouldn't, that, that's why it's not optional. It's impoverishing us. It's impoverishing you, me, us, both of us together apart. Um, you know, I, I told you, I was looking up a Carlos Santana quote. He was abused as a child, you know, and, and, and I know you, you, you may have heard this before. I know I've heard you say it in so many, you know, so many words, but um, he was asked uh, during, Dan Rather asked him during an interview, he was asked if and how he had recovered from the trauma. Santana, uh, Santana responded that he had indeed fully recovered because within his heart, he had cast his abuser into the light of God. He said that if he had instead yielded to the temptation to cast his abuser into hell, 
than he himself would have joined him. Wow. Isn't that incredible? That is incredible. So we cast our enemies in the light of God because you know what? If we counted all our transgressions, um, who, who wouldn't, you know, uh, justify unforgiveness? I mean, you, I can come up with something I've done that, uh, you know, that would justify others being unforgiven. You could come up with something you've done to justify that. You know, why instead, why don't we just say, you know what? Unforgiveness is not in God's economy. It is not in God's economy. It is not a spiritual governing dynamic. We need to abandon it. If we play with it, it'll have its victories and we'll have a few victories over it. Do you think but that's what I'm trying to get that the, I understand that people struggle with it. So I want to be sensitive to that. But at mm -hmm. the same time, I think we can if we can just commit to resolving and, and let the Lord continue to work in us the illegitimacy of unforgiveness, then 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 I think that that can work on a different level. And, and sure, we should also take our thoughts captive and deal, you know, and process things. I know pain has to be processed. I'm not saying we don't process our pain, but it gets back to the Moses thing in the wilderness. Do we take the 40 year route going around in circles or do we go straight there? And, th and that may the going straight there may take a year, may take five years. But you're, but you're speaking, you're speaking of a door that is there that people don't even know exists. Yes. So there's the door it's open for you. And if you got to go through your little maze in here for now, but it's right there, I'm telling you what to look forward to. That's what I'm hearing you say. Yes, yes, because I, I, I understand and I, I don't ever want to feel like I'm insensitive to people who are processing pain in a, in, you know, in a long term way. Uh, but I, but on the other hand, if we're true to the gospel, if we're true to it, we have to say that he has provided this door yeah. and he, he wants to expedite it. You know, uh, he says in Peter um, uh, about being diligent with your faith so you can quicken that you so you can quicken the day of the Lord, you can hasten the day of the Lord. And I, I've always loved that because that he's telling us there's a way this can be hastened, you know, and we can be on the slow plan or, or the plotting plan. And that's better than nothing. And even if you are no plan at all, you're going to get caught up later. I mean, you know, in the afterlife, he's going to catch you up. Do you think, but, uh, do you think that the rights, personal rights play into this um, as a hindrance? Because certain cultures are all about their rights. And I'm hearing a lot right now during COVID and all this, this stuff, but there are people groups um, that are um, obsessed with having the rights and suddenly that trumps everybody else's rights. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, I thought we gave up all rights. We have no rights. Does that make any, like, I don't know where to go with that. That, was a, that can really offend somebody. I know that, but I'm sorry. This is what Jesus came to do. He laid down, he was the kenosis of God. He, he laid down every spiritual divine right and didn't live out of those rights as a human. He lived in dependence on his father. And if we live out of independence of our rights, then we won't forgive. If we live in dependence of our union with Christ, we, forgiveness will be natural. Right. I, I, I completely agree with you. That's one of the legitimate forms of government, you know, uh, purposes of government uh, in a fractured creation is that it keeps, you know, it protects, it protects people from each other. But that's not us asserting our rights individually. And uh, it is a very tough thing. And it, we're taught to assert our rights and to know our rights. But, you know, we are to render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, but unto God, the things that are God. Forgiveness is an issue for God. It's not <laughs> yes. for Caesar. Yep. Um, and, and I'm not saying that people who have abused you, I mean, that you should submit that you don't have unforgiveness towards them. That doesn't mean that you don't get out of there, you know, if they're harming you. 
and that you put boundaries up. Sure. That's not about that. It has nothing to do with that. This has to do with, with just your own heart of resolving that unforgiveness is never an option. Mm -hmm. And if you start to go there, call it a bastard. Evict the bastard because it is illegitimate. And if we can just believe that, see, now what's taught is that it's optional. It's it's preferable that you forgive. And it's good that you forgive. And God wants you to forgive, but still your choice, man. You know, (laughs) but what what but when we get to a point where we eliminate it as a choice, uh, that's what I'm going for. Yeah. And if that's ever and is that a high is that a high standard? Well, it may be, but I gotta believe that if we keep walking in better than a low one. Yeah, the daily revelation of, 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 of how toxic it is, and not just for us. And I know I said this last time, but it's toxic for all humanity. It's what keeps us, you, you, we're still in the Tower of Babel. You know, the Tower of Babel, the, the confusion of languages, it's because it's an unforgiveness. All right, there's unforgiveness, different levels of unforgiveness to different people that distort the way we view each other and ourselves, most of all. And, um, you know, well, God's no, here with... A couple of the sessions that we've done, sorry, a couple of the sessions that we've done so far, I know Brad Jerzyk got into this, and this is a constant theme in this entire series, a stark reminder that forgiveness is not the same thing as reconciliation. And we've been told in the church system, they are the same, that if you forgive, you must reconcile. And that's the lie that I think is hindering a lot of people from understanding what forgiveness is. You're giving like a blast, beautiful picture of the ultimate forgiveness. Um, but people are, have this blanket over them, the sheet over them that says, well, uh, I can't do reconciliation. Well, you don't have to. And that's where I think, because you were, we were just talking about, it, I wanted you to know that some of the content has really addressed that. And I think that's a big misdemeanor. That's good. That's good. Um, yeah, it's, uh, um, yeah, I, I, I look forward to hearing what Brad has to say about it. Cause I, <laughs> he's got heavy words and, and I appreciate that about him. Yeah. I, I, I think that, um, this is, um, but you know, I, what astounded me about this is when we looked at the John passage, of all the things that could have been mentioned as the, as the core of it. Mm-hmm. He chose the core. John chose the core of the gospel message there. And it was that to go around and forgive people by letting them know they've all, all, always been forgiven, that they've already been forgiven. All right. And do, do they need to commit their ways to the Lord? Yes. Do they need to walk? Do they need to be led by the spirit? Yes. Do they need to make amends? You know, someone told me that uh, uh, a wise person told me the other day that there's between making amends versus uh, making apologies. And um, Very different. You know, sometimes sometimes we are misunderstood and and um, um, and and the, but the, you can still make amends without having to formally apologize, because even an apology is based on this idea. I owe you forgiveness. You but owe Zacchaeus me words. Did that. Zacchaeus, before he even had dinner, he said, I, and said the heart of Christ came out of him uh, for those I've really harmed and ripped. I want to pay back. Like there was, he didn't even experience salvation yet. Those words were the experience of salvation that came to his mind. Something opened up. The illusion was removed and he saw. And that's that's the fruit of it. That's awesome. And you know, really what the saying the words, I'm sorry, I know we put magic strength to that, but really you know, do, doing actions like he did is a thousand times more powerful than, than a formal apology. And a formal apology is easy to give, and an insincere one is easy to give. But, but actions. I, but I am sorry. The, the, the focus is the word I. Yeah. Yeah. 
a big yeah. difference there. I think, I think how we communicate um, um, that we forgive someone or ask for forgiveness, which is where the I'm sorry comes in. Um, it's much deeper. People know if you're fake or not. They know in seconds. Like, uh, who was I talking with? Catherine Toon said, we've been taught in public school. Teachers have taught children to lie over and over in Sunday school. They've taught children to lie by doing this. You'll laugh. Um, when two kids are in a fight, what do, they, what do the teachers do? In front of all the kids, shake hands, say, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. What? We don't mean it at all, but fake it for the purpose of visual effects here. We're going to teach you how to lie and to keep things under the surface. It's just like, wait a minute. That's a great example. I know. That is, that's a fantastic example. <laughs> well, and, and, um, but, but, you know, if we go further up the river, further up the river on this thing, dealing with it down the river and struggling with it daily, do I forgive? Yep. Do I not forgive? You know, but if we if we move it further up the river to where 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 we 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 choose we elect we resolve we yield to the to our vision of the Lord that demands that we forsake uh, the concept of unforgiveness. It is it is a plague, and and that and it's and we're the ones being hurt by it. No matter how much we think the ones we hate deserve it. It's, yeah. it's, it's self-destroying. And if we really believe that, I mean, I know I'm sitting here telling you, I know it's true. I feel like I know it's true, but I need to know it deeper at deeper levels. It's true. I need to, to build on that truth. I need to set that cornerstone. I need to not let any uh, Philistines come and put dirt over it. Like they did to Isaac's wells. That's a well that we need to not let get dirted over, you know, and to keep coming back to that. And on the days that we struggle with unforgiveness, I'm not saying the struggle's not real. And I don't have any answers for exactly what you're supposed to do, but start off, anchor yourself, tether yourself to this. I remember that movie Twister, you know, they get caught in the hurricane and they, they tie themselves to a thing that goes a metal bar that goes underneath the surface. And it keep, and they're, they're looking up in the funnel of the, of the thing, but we tether ourselves to the concept that unforgiveness is never of God. And, uh, and that it's unacceptable. And again, it's a bastard dynamic that has no place in the kingdom of God. You're, we're going to reap the benefits from it. And it, it may steep. It may start to seep in the beginning, but it'll, it'll get more and more. What do you say to that person? And it immediately throws up a yeah, but. Like they hear your words and they don't even let you finish your sentence. And they're already thinking, yeah, but. Can you talk to that for just a moment? I think that's. Well, I, yeah, I, I think that uh, um, I think that what we have to keep coming back to is uh, whether we make forgiveness a work, a work of the flesh or not, we, we can struggle with it on that level. And you can argue me why, you know, and that's not really the level we want to argue with them about. Although you're right, it's the level that's going to come out of them, you know? So maybe we don't say much of anything and say, look, I know I, I don't propose to have the answers to what you're supposed to specifically do in your situation. What I'm asking you to do is commit to walking, to seeking the Lord about this, to seeking what his nature is and to seeking, you know, the question of whether we, whether we really believe in a transactional God, yeah. you know, with conditional love uh, or not. And then point these, these things out to Jesus's. See, I, I went through a bunch of stuff. I, can we go to one other passage? Yeah, yeah. I, I think this is, this is my favorite passage in the Bible. Uh -oh. If you can get through this passage and still be unforgiving, <laughs> <coughs> then you're pretty strong. <laughs> hit, hit me. It's Matthew five. 38 through 48. In which version? Uh, I don't really care. Okay. 
El Gunu Living because if I have other translations off, I can make it bigger and you can see the whole thing. Right. But I want to do something unusual. I want to start in the last verse and then scroll back and, and uh, I, I want to kind of read it backwards. To 34, you said? Uh, uh, 38. Should be Matthew 5, 38. Oh, shoot. Matthew 5. 30. Sorry, Matthew 5 what? 38 through 48. 38 to 48. I had it wrong. There we go. All right. I'll go to the, oh, that's not that big. Okay. I'll put it on the screen. It's okay, uh, a new living translation, but say it from your heart. Okay. Let's go. Uh, I want to start off reading the last passage. Um, oh, but being perfect. <laughs> yeah. But you're to be perfect, even as your heavenly father is perfect. Now let's start uh you know actually i don't like this translation okay uh can, can you do the new king james I, i'll tell you yep, why yep bing there it is okay uh therefore you shall be perfect just as your father in heaven is perfect so so the word therefore tells us we always what do we always ask what is therefore therefore so therefore means it's referring to the previous uh passages okay mm-hmm. so we're to be perfect, but in what way are we to be perfect? What I propose, and we're about to read it, is that the way we're to be perfect is how we view our enemies. Okay, mm. so let's read this. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Uh, but I tell you not to resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go two miles. Give to him who asks you, and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. You have heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. That, 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 you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rains on the just and the unjust. For if you love only those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, uh, only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do? Therefore, you should be perfect just as your yeah. heavenly father is perfect. So uh, how can you possibly say the father's perfection? I mean, this is what you say. This is what we need to say every day. The father's perfection lies in how he treats and views his enemies. And those, that combination of, he, Jesus is describing the father in those verses. This is how the father is perfect. And you're to be the same way. You're, so where, oh. is unfor, where is unforgiveness in any of those passages? You must have seen it. You see a good version there. I do. <laughs> How'd you know? Okay, bring it on. Oh my goodness, passion translation. It says, since you are children of a perfect father in heaven, become perfect like him. Uh, Just a different, just a different slight of words. Again, the passion translation is uh, translated from an Aramaic lens. That's why it's so fresh and different. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I love, I I love the Aramaic stuff. Um, Well, you know, it's, it's um, how could you possibly say that, for God to be unforgiving, he would have to not be perfect. Yeah. He just, Jesus just defined perfection there. And there, those things, are you telling me that Jesus is saying, turn the other cheek, but still be unforgiving. You have uh, four of them. Come on. <laughs> pray that they be blessing, uh, pray blessing on them. 
on those who despitefully use you, but still be unforgiving toward them. I mean, it just is, it's nonsense. He leaves no, there is no crowbar that you can get in that thing and try to crowbar out unforgiveness out of there. You just can't. So you can go to other passages by speed bump passages, maybe, you know, uh, where Paul's frustrated. We all get frustrated. He got frustrated with the Judaizers, you know, and got frustrated with false teachers. Peter got frustrated with false teachers. So sometimes they flared up at others. And it doesn't mean, listen, it doesn't mean that the person who you have forgiven isn't going to reap what they sow. They are, there's going to be a reaping in this life, a hardening of their own hearts in this life. Uh, maybe even uh, some post-mortem judgment fire to help. But God, but God doesn't need your help in fixing yes. that person. <laughs> yes, because we don't have the right to intercede Ooh. with judgment and condemnation and unforgiveness. We are constipating the system when we do that, where if we keep hands off, we can be an enhancing, we can, um, you know, we, we can, we can lubricate it, you know, by just not, by, by not offering unforgiveness. And by being there, if the Lord does call us to turn the other cheek or, or whatever. Now, again, I'm not saying people put themselves in danger. I'm not coming close to saying that. All right. This, we're talking about heart decisions here and heart views here. Um, and uh, this, it, it's time that we call unforgiveness out. We call it out for what it is. And it's a bastard. We call it out. It's time to call it out. And that's I've been praying for the conference that uh, that, that would happen here, that we call it out. It's an enemy. It is. It rises up against the knowledge of, of Christ. And we're to take thought and execute any thought that rises up against knowing Christ. And unforgiveness rises up against knowing Christ. Justified unforgiveness does. So, I mean, he knows we all struggle with unforgiveness. I thought it was interesting when he goes, walks through the door and appears to him, he shows them where he's been wounded by man. He shows them his hands and he shows them his side, the spear. It's the but, first game of peekaboo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good. But uh, I mean, but you know, and, and the last thing he says is, "I forget." You know, uh, and 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 I, I don't think I said it when we talked about it earlier. But when he said, "Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do," he wasn't asking the Father; he was commanding forgiveness. Mm. We talked about how that's in the Greek imperative. And 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 look how he also came to Tom. Sorry, I just saw a moment of grace. The questioner, the one who's wrestling with, "How do I do this? I don't get this." He goes right to Thomas here like oh my goodness that is pure love and grace he didn't come in condemning saying see i told you he instead he goes come join me and i think he was hesitant i think thomas probably i I don't want to touch that but he come touch see know for sure i've been telling you the truth the whole time you know jesus at one point said uh in your i think it's in luke 21 22 but i'm not sure uh he said in your patience you will possess your soul and I think that what you're, t- what you described there was his perfect patience and, you know, patience, the, the Greek definition of that word that's used there means joyful endurance, hmm. fearful endurance, that that's what patience is. Okay. And you think, of, and you, you, unforgiveness makes us impatient. Anything that makes oh us, goodness. impatient, you know, yeah. yeah. Uh, anything that brings impatience to us is bad. It's one thing to, to be, it's fine to, to be in a hurry if you need to be about some things and, and to be brisk and to move briskly. But when we're impatient, God, I don't, I, that's why I make all my mistakes is when I get impatient. Wow. Everything I regret happens when I'm impatient and nothing makes me more impatient than unforgiveness. I'm, man, I'll tell you when I'm in an unforgiven state towards somebody, I'm on the seat of my, you know, edge of my seat looking to slam the first thing that gets in my way. You know, the old saying crap rolls downhill. 
some person gets crapped upon, you know, socially or, or familiarly, then they go crap on somebody else. I mean, it rolls downhill. And, um, and but that's that's the way it works. It, it, it's a contagion. So when we're unforgiving, it can actually pass to others. You know, we raise, you know, pe- people who are unforgiving actually pass that pathogen on to others as they get a group of other unforgiving. It's a bad virus. Yeah, who join with you join with them in their unforgiveness and uh, and in their journey in the in the wilderness around and around. So, uh, you know, I, I think if we again, you know, look at it as a, as a pathogen uh, and a, and as many metaphors as I can think of a bastard dynamic, a pathogen, a plague, whatever we want to call it, it it's uh, it's it's it is. So there is. You know, sometimes, you know, when they do laser surgery and they kill cancer cells, maybe we could do that with prayer and start mm-hmm. praying against, instead of praying for forgiveness, Lord, help me forgive. Yeah. Why don't we instead pray, Lord, help me hate unforgiveness so much. Let me mm-hmm. cast out unforgiveness. Let me reject unforgiveness. Let me see it for the dark evil that it is and how it affects me and deal with it at that level first, further up the, further up the river. How we pray matters. Like the, when it says confess your sins one to another, uh, confess literally means to agree with. So when I confess my sin to God, I now pray instead of please forgive me as if I haven't got it, which is a lack of faith prayer. I now pray, dear God, I confess that I am forgiven. Thank you for the forgiveness I have. What I did was inconsistent with my true identity. Thank you for revealing this to me so I can walk in the light that you've put me in. And that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's how I pray now. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and, uh, and I think too, that if we really believe Mike, if we really believe that there is no unforgiveness in God, and that's why there's so much resistance on the hell teaching. Yes. They want their, they want that element to remain in God. Yep. But as long as it does, then God's going to be that internally dualistic lover and hater killer and healer, you know, that makes no sense and does nothing that in itself keeps us away. The concept that there's unforgiveness in us in, in him, keeps us from him. Yeah. And that's what Jesus meant when he said that you won't receive my forgiveness. If you're not willing to let it work, it's miracle in you, mm-hmm. you know, to forgive others. I, I, I'm just excited to see where, where, where this goes, you know, love it. Uh, the conference and the different people's take on it, but just, just uh, spokes on a wheel that in that center that Jesus is there, you know, calling us to this. I like how you were at the very beginning of your first session, even and all the way through there's, you're, you're trying, if I tell me if I'm right, but I'm hearing you say we're making an issue of what is not the issue. You know, if we're fo- so focused on the unforgiveness and maybe that's because we're so set up in our culture for a to-do list, help me to do this. What can I do to do this and fix this and blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I'm coming to see that this isn't about us trying to do it. People are going to try and find something from the conference and go, oh, I can do that, that, that. Yay, I've got it. I can do these things. No, you can't. The, and for those that are afraid, go, well, I don't know if I can. No, you can't. So maybe let the Holy Spirit do the work. Just because you're hearing great stuff, um, let, the, let the Holy Spirit manifest what has to come out of you. Don't you help the Holy Spirit out and try and do things and jump the gun and run to sister so-and-so and say, I'm so sorry. Stop that extra running learn to rest and take in what we've just heard. That's what I'm from what you just shared in the last two sessions. I want to soak that in because I think this is, this is the foundation of the conference. This, mm. this is the core goal, the gateway to light and life out of this unforgiveness myth. Wow. Wow. Well, may it be, may it be. 
Um, it is, uh, um, I, I don't think of anything that's more needed today. Mm-hmm. We pay lip service to it. We, you know, what we're really talking about is not just paying lip service to the concept of it. Yeah, yeah, I know I need to forgive, but I'm still going to, and I'll forgive someday. I'm just not able to do it now. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, <laughs> that's, that's, um, Child uh, it's level. tormenting you now on levels that you're not even aware of. This is affecting us physiologically, psychologically, <laughs> metaphysically on every level. And, and, and it's unacceptable. And, you know, Tozer said that we grow to resemble our image of God. And I think that you want to know one thing that we can do. We, we can't, you know, go ahead of it and try to fix it all, like you said. But one thing that we can do is focus on the perfection of God. When we meditate, when we look for the perfection of God in scriptures and in prayer, then we see that that, and we see, we see ourselves, don't do it because I say it, do it because you see it. When, when you begin to see that there is no unforgiveness in God ever, then you will, you will then grow to resemble that. And so when Jesus says that you won't receive my forgiveness if you don't forgive others, what he's saying is you're not seeing my nature, because if you're seeing my nature, you're going to be turning into forgiveness yourself. You're going to be a forgiving servant, you know, a forgiving son, forgiving child. You're going to be that because you behold it in me. If you're not that, it's because you don't behold it in me. You're going, you, and you're going to find okay. wrath verses. You're going to find wrath verses, and you're going to find other things to justify your bitterness and your lack of your lack of forgiveness. So we're, we're really, if, if if we really focus instead of forgiving, it, say forgiveness doesn't even exist. Instead, let's say unforgiveness shouldn't exist, and we rebuke it and we cast it out and refuse to accept it as a dynamic within. And there are so many believers who think they're so mature and strong. They've been believers for most of their life. They've gone to school, Bible college, some are pastors, teachers, theologians. And yet it says in John 2, 1 John 2, I remind you, dear children, child level, your sins have been permanently removed because of the power of his name. That's, yeah. that's child level. And most believers don't know they are already forgiven and they think they're young adults or adults in that, in that scope of, of growing up. But it says, I remind you, fathers and mothers, you have a relationship with the one who has existed from the beginning, which is what you are talking about today. The, the, uh-huh. We got to move from child to adult where we living, we're focused on union, not on the sin stuff. Yeah, yeah, amen. And, and you know, we we're talking about that raccoon thing earlier. <laughs> if, if we, if we use we're the raccoon that has our hand in the cage, holding on to the cookie of unforgiveness. Uh-huh. All right, that's that's unforgiveness. We're holding on to the cookie of unforgiveness. This and the raccoon, good. the raccoon will not let go of it, so that he can be snared by by uh, aggressors. All right, but but how much so? Think of the imagery of that, though. We're outside the gate. Jesus lit, had declared jubilee. We're outside the gate. We are not locked in it but we can stay attached to it b- because we refuse to let go of something, even though we're outside of it. So I just, I just think that that's, that's, a, that's per- that'll preach. That's awesome. <laughs> oh man. Thank you so much for this time. I look forward to the rest of the conference and uh, some other conversations we're going to have. Thanks Richard. All right, bro. Happy to be here. All righty. How'd you like that? That was, uh, that was incredible. I loved hearing that again. Oh my, I forgot where it was going. Um, and Anna, you were commenting a lot and I think some of the stuff was being addressed as you were commenting, but I, I want to, uh, I want to go through the comments and, uh, um, address some of the comments. Cause I think there are some good questions along the way here. Um, all right. So, Hey, Rebecca, good morning. If you're still watching, good to see you there. Um, 
Okay. I'm going to, Anna, I'm, there was a couple of things I wanted to point out or at least comment on that you had uh, made comments about. So let's, let's see if I can find it quickly. If I can't, uh, sorry, uh, I'll try. Um, oh yeah. She asks, uh, is there a right way to do forgiveness? Um, well, we kind of talked about that. Um, there are different levels of it and it depends where your understanding and belief of forgiveness is. And everyone is going to live out their, um, understanding of forgiveness or how they process forgiveness based on what they think it is. So I think there's more learning that has to happen on what it is and isn't. Um, which was kind of my original intent of the conference was to kind of unpack what it is, what it isn't. And then I got dive deep really fast. So even today, today's session was probably, I would say the pinnacle, uh, and the common theme of what was addressed by most of the teachers. Um, but I think, uh, Richard was extremely blunt, uh, when he said forgiveness is, it's an illusion. Well, he didn't say that one exactly, but, um, it, he called it a bastard. It's not something that, should be there. Like it's not in the heart of God. Um, you do forgiveness as you're taught and given. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. However, it's modeled. So if it's been modeled in, in your upbringing to, you must forgive in order to have God keep loving you. Okay. That's a guilt trip. That's a shame trip. I grew up with that. You know, God's going to get you because if you don't forgive, God's not going to forgive you. And if you die before you you forgive somebody, you're going to hell. That that has been the threat of churchianity for years and centuries. So uh, I call scubula on that. Uh, but I didn't know any better. And as I'm knowing better, um, I want to try and share that in an understandable way with whoever is ready to hear. Um, and I think it's pretty cool. Let me, let me just keep going through some of the comments here because some of them were really good. Um, one realizes forgiveness, one practices forgiveness, uh, carrying. Oh yeah. Unforgiveness is an illusion. So we were talking about, uh, um, is, so is unforgiveness pain, but basically we we're talking about unforgiveness is an illusion. It's not in the heart of God. And we talked about rights and choices, um, Anna writes, we're offered forgiveness perpetually. It's a choice to take it and, and envelope it and then give it away. Well, yes, it's very much so. The more you understand God's forgiveness, and I commented later about that, the more we understand the intense beauty of God's forgiveness for all of us. But let's, let's not even go all of us for a moment. How about just for me? Because sometimes we can't even handle for everyone else right now. Baby steps, right? But for me, if God has, if the more I realize how much I am forgiven, when that truth begins to take root, um, other things, forgiveness is going to come out of me. It's going to be the fruit. I'm going to be who I already am. And I think I talked about that as well. Is there a right way to forgive? Um, I'm not sure there's a right way because uh, it's it's your journey. The, the true forgiveness of Christ will come out of us the deeper we grow in our understanding of that, uh, of that reality. Uh, we're forgivers by nature. Our DNA is forgiveness. We need to live out of our true nature. And that's, that's the point. Um, and if you've never heard this before, if, cause Anna, Anna was asking about what about, um, we have to talk to people where they're at. They're not going to understand it like this. 
You're right. There's the journey of the child, young adult, adult that we talked about in Second John or First John 2, whatever it is. Um, and, and so not everybody's going to get that. That's why I had so many guest contributors in the series, in the conference, because different teachers and speakers are going to share from a different lens and it's going to connect with whoever's ready at whatever level. And it doesn't mean we're, it's bad to be at a place where we don't understand it. We're having a hard time. Oh no, I'm maybe not that mature. It's not about being mature. It's about, we got your own, you got your own stuff to deal with. Maybe there's a deep pain in your life that's so brutal that you, you don't have the capacity to, to, to hear what even Richard said that, you know, unforgiveness is, is, is an illusion type idea. You can't conceive that. Wait a minute. Um, but I'm hurting. You might be. So all we're doing in this conversation is showing you a door that you probably didn't know existed. So, hey, look, see, there's much more. And there's better healing from that understanding than from the place of, oh, I now have a choice to forgive. Ooh, do I, who do I dole it out to? Ooh, I'm so loving because look, I just forgave them. Well, that's not it at all. We are unforgiving, sorry, we are forgiving people. We just may not realize it. And somebody may even say, no, I'm not. I say, yes, you are. You may not know who you really are then. That's the point. All right. Um, we talked about being perfect. Well, we are perfect in our spirit and who we really are. Do we act it out? No. But we're becoming, if our, how, how did Paul Young say it? May the way of my being match the, Oh darn! I can't remember the quote. I'll have to I'll have to print it off and keep it on my desk because I keep keep forgetting what that quote is. But um, to may our actions uh, reflect our true nature. You know that whole journey. Um, baby, there we go. Yeah, I think if we offer baby steps in teaching our our guiding someone to forgiveness. And yes, Anna, just a heads up. I have a, a whole series on it, thirteen part series on on what you just asked about. Um, I I touch in on this intense stuff but that's probably the uh the intro that should be uh, shared with people who are interested in hearing what forgiveness is because i unpack what forgiveness is not in a really intense way and it's good it's probably easier to handle right now um so yeah that's pretty cool um there we go I was getting da, 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 having fun with your typing. <laughs> oh yeah, um, becoming. We, so he was talking about becoming perfect, um, but we are perfect. So this is becoming what you already are. So if we have the illusion that we're not, and there's something not correct about us in in who we really are in our true union with Christ, then you're going to live from a deficient mindset. But if we begin with the mindset we are already perfect in union with Christ, fully forgiven, fully holy, righteous, pure, then that can be lived out in our lives. But we've been given this bill of sale from, I'll call it churchianity again, sorry, um, that says we're deficient and we need to become holy. We need to become this, blah, 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 blah. No, I want to speak and teach from um, a, a reality that we are clean, pure, that our nature is amazing. We don't have two natures. We have a singular um, union nature with Christ. And I think that's that's critical to me. Uh, let's keep going here. 
uh, our understanding of forgiveness grows with our understanding of how God has already forgiven us and how much God truly loves us. Uh, I was saying that as a reminder to get to it. Um, Again, it's true. However you perceive God, however you perceive God's forgiveness towards you, first of all, is how you live and how you deal with forgiveness. So, Grow in your understanding of who God is. Um, the last couple of Sundays on the Hope Fellowship um, a Facebook page and on my personal page, because uh, I teach every Sunday, I've been dealing with who is the real God. And the last two weeks, I think I've been pretty good. I got one more coming uh, before we get into our Easter series. But oh my, 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 there's, it's so good. Okay, we're almost at the end here. Um, There we go. Let's see here. Because forgiveness is love and love is... Yes. Yes. Hey, Jim. Good morning. Always enjoy Wednesday morning sessions. Thanks again. Oh, you bet, buddy. I love it. Okay. That's going to be it. It's uh, 10 to 9. I got to take off. I got lots to do today as well. Um, I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Um, I've got a couple um, uh, of conversations in the bank ready here to start sharing on Wednesday mornings. But I still want to do one or two more forgiveness ones. Andre Robbie did uh, did amazing ones, and I want to maybe share them as well. We'll see. Otherwise, um, I just did a conversation with, uh, maybe I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do one that we just did. We just recorded one on Friday with uh, Bob Engel, uh, Bill Thrasher, and Richard Murray. And we kind of were talking about this end time stuff, and I think that's quite timely. So I might do that while all this hype about war and COVID and all this fear stuff that's going on. Uh, we're kind of going to kind of address that. So maybe I'll do that next week and then I'll come back to a couple of other sessions as we're going. So that's kind of where it's at. Um, and I hope you'll join me Sunday morning as well uh, on the, uh, for our Sunday morning teaching. Again, this is to a church. So the church um, uh, sessions are different than the Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning I can get into, because I'm dealing with a whole bunch of folks from all over, um, and we do on Sunday morning as well, but Sunday morning I'm speaking to a church family, and I it's people I know, and so when I share, I'm doing a gentle uh, unpacking that's more relational to the people that are there. If you're watching from somewhere else and you may not understand what's going on, it's because you haven't been part of the conversation for a while. Like just keep listening in and you'll catch on. So it's a different style and I get to see people's reactions. Um, It's just more transparent. This is good and fun because I can get into topics I can't get into on Sunday mornings. Um, It's bizarre. I don't understand it all. I can't articulate it into words, but uh, there's a benefit to both. So uh, if you enjoy uh, a small community, join us on Sunday mornings. And then this is a neat community as well. Hey, Rebecca, uh, she says this has been a great eye opener today. Oh, good. I'm really glad. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what you really, how you heard and what you heard. Uh, You can private message me on that. That's my niece um, commenting there. That's really cool. All right, that's it. You guys have a fantastic day. I think you're going to enjoy next week's as well, but uh, uh, we're going to switch gears next week to uh, not being afraid that this is the end times. Okay, that's going to be great. Uh, You'll love the conversation, so we'll do a switcheroo and then come back to some of the forgiveness stuff later. Uh, That's all I got for now. Have a great, great week. We'll catch you then. 
Join me next time on Still Growing in Grace for more good news. Enjoy previous episodes by downloading our podcast at growingingrace.ca. You can also visit hopefellowshipycc.com to find our service times and location. If this show has been an encouragement to you, please consider making a donation today at growingingrace.ca and help us keep spreading this good news. Thank you again for tuning in to Still Growing in Grace.